Hey, what's going on, listeners? This is Jack Vampa again. Um, thanks for tuning into this episode. Um, so this one is a little bit having to do with uh, narcissism and a couple of other topics uh, involving some the church and a couple of stories I was involved in, as well as uh, my buddy uh, Kay Jones. Uh, so uh, this particular episode, we did all the commercials at the beginning, um, so it'll play through. It's a little bit longer than normal, but hope you enjoy it. Hope you learned something, and uh, as always, thanks for listening. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is uh, Jack Vampa here with my boy Kay Jones coming in again, helping me uh, co-pilot this thing. Uh, uh, episode Dose, I think this is what this is. Yeah, because it was you, me, and Joey, and then this one today. Um, yeah, so if you haven't got a chance, listen to the ones we have uh, did before. They're really cool. Uh, I had a lot of fun. did one with Joey where we did a lot of theology, a lot of... Uh, a lot of subjects. I think we quoted almost about 25, 26 scriptures in our about 40 minutes we talked. Um, that's what's up. Yeah, that's what we try to do because I know people are like, where did you get that in the Bible? Where did you get that? And it's like, we, we quote so many scriptures, it's like hard to keep up. But I went through and kind of built a list so people know we're not just talking out our butts, you know. So, um, But anyway, so on today's uh, episode, what we're going to talk about actually is was inspired by something I saw online. Um so there are some uh, Christian leaders that I've seen here recently, and maybe this is something that uh, your church does. Maybe it's something you've seen on social media, possibly. But it always kind of struck me as really odd and sort of, I guess, narcissistic, if I want to be real negative about it, or kind of just something that was like off about it. And it was it was pastors or preachers or worshipers posting pictures or videos of showing how intent they worship like almost like they're trying to be like hey i'm showing off that i'm worshiping i'm showing off this or that and maybe maybe their intention is um i just want to show you know how good god is or something like that maybe that's what they're thinking is behind it which is probably what it is but to me it doesn't really come off like that to me it kind of comes off as almost like borderline attention seeking narcissistic sort of like if like if i for example like if i saw uh, somebody crying on camera right you know uh, my first thought isn't hey help this person my first thought is this person's really trying really hard to get detention you know or what's wrong with this guy that he thinks that this is like a good thing to just be crying on the camera you know what i'm saying right Right. so So when, when did, did you first, first notice? It? Like, when, when did, did it first, first grab, grab your attention? Well, uh, I was actually online on social media and like, uh, you know, what all name all the ones you want. But this one particular one, it's it's funny because there's a guy I listen to that I have this Bible. His name's uh, Francis Dutois, and he wrote this book called the Mirror Bible. Or he he did a translation of the Bible called the Mirror Bible. And it's sort of like um, if you've ever seen Bethel's Passion Translation or something like that, where it's kind of like paraphrased in order right, to right. Kind of bring out meanings or bring out things in there. And um, his is a lot more thorough, though, because he has tons of references for words. He has tons of references for translations, why he translated that. He actually speaks the language, you know, so it's not like he's a translator of a translator of a translator. He's actually translating it. And so... Um, anyway, this particular, um, guy I saw online was from another very big mega church and he was actually attacking Francis Dutois, who's this probably 67 year old, he's a 67 year old, um, uh, South African man. That's like the sweetest guy in the world. I've seen him preach. And when he's preaching, he's just like, gets overwhelmed when he's preaching because he's just so happy about the gospel and about how beautiful it is, you know, just like. You're watching him, and to me, I'm like watching him. I'm like, this dude's like a modern day Paul, pretty much, to me, in my opinion, you know. Okay. okay. And um, so anyway, this minister from this very big church, and he's written songs and all kinds of stuff. He like was attacking him, and so I kind of like, okay, what's this guy's problem? He's saying, don't listen to that guy. He's evil. This is evil translation. All kinds of nonsense like that. That he had no business. And and keep in mind, Francis Dutois is very small group of people who read his stuff or know his stuff or deal with him you know just he's just this happy old man just happy about the gospel 
But then when I was looking through that other minister's things, I saw him post a picture of him like crying on the floor that somebody had posted. And I was just like, honestly, if I'm being like really mean, I was like, that's pathetic. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of had this sense of like, look at how spiritual I am. Look at how professionally crying, like, like those guys you hire at funerals that can, that are like professional mourners. They'll go to your funeral and cry for you, like put on this show for you. And that's exactly right. what I felt when I saw that. And so that kind of was where the topic came from because I saw it again somewhere else. And I was just like, what is going on? And so I think it really brings in a lot of questions into play of like the future and a, and where is this going? You know? Right. right. So, so nothing, nothing is new under, under the sun. sun. So, so what, what does this look, look like prior to social media? media? I, f- I feel like maybe it was, uh, pfft, like, you ever go to a service, and, I, and I'm guilty of this because I've, I've been to services like this where they're like, oh, man, the spirit of God's going to fall. Um, and, and like Pentecostal, charismatic type services. <laughs> and, and you have these guys who can't be quiet while somebody's talking mm-hmm. or they keep going woo or yeah not like, okay okay stop they're just, just saying, saying amen, saying amen. Saying amen. yeah like obno- being obnoxious you know and it's like is that really because it's that good or you don't have that much self-control or is it kind of just because you're trying to show off how spiritual you are which that's what i think it is i think it's trying mm-hmm. it's like kind of like i said like a narcissism or pride that starts coming out. And, I, and I'm and i all about, believe me, like I am all about people being excited for Jesus. Sometimes I'll go visit churches just because I want to see different people be excited about Jesus and be excited about the Messiah. That feels good, you know, when you're there and you're like, these people are just in love with God and they just want to worship God. That's like great. But, but there's like this level of where it's like, now you're not, this is a show and you're acting. You know, you're performing to get members or you're performing to get money or you're performing to sell albums, you know, and that's dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Scriptures are very clear about, which I know a lot of ministers don't like this. I know a lot of pastors don't like this because they, that prosperity gospel thing took root in churches in the, in America. But the Bible says very clearly that the gospel is not a means to become wealthy. It literally says that to Timothy. He warns about that, like to not treat it like that. If you if you're becoming wealthy and becoming a super apostle, something's going wrong. And it's not that you can't have money. Like I I believe there's ministers who have wrote books, who have done things, and it's like they sell books, and that's that's not the thing. The thing is, whenever you change the message or change the the motive or change things so you can sell you know what i'm saying That's so, so they're, they're just put, put on show, show just, just cuts like, like with, with no, no other reason than, than self-glorification or, right. or sales pitch i mean because like mm-hmm. who, do, who doesn't want to be involved in something exciting who doesn't want to be part of a movement who doesn't about to be called be part of that so-called revival stuff you know it's like every five minutes there's somebody thinking there's a revival you know right seriously it's it's but i'm honestly it's nonsense because we don't need a re re revival of what's already there like it's not really a revival as much as it would be more of like a realization of what's already happened, mm-hmm. the gospel that's already happened, you know? And and I feel like a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, which is why I wanted to get to this, and this is why I'm where I am now, theologically wise, is because I've seen the effects of the bad gospel, of the fake gospel. And and it's ugly, you know? Right, right. So, so your, your doctrine and your, your outlook on church, church and, and the gospel. gospel. How, how, how has that, that changed, changed for you? 
Um, so, so basically, here's what happened. So, like, I I got, in my opinion, and I had some statistics I was gonna pull up. It said like, um, which I can quote this in the description and stuff, but it said ninety percent of pastors realize that the ministry is not what they thought it was. You like a lot of like like, but you but it, the problem is you have there's like a threshold, you know, like like you got to go so far before you before you can even see that it's not even kind of what you thought it was and the change in the, the doctrine started happening because it doesn't work it doesn't make sense and it doesn't it's not accomplishing good what it's what it's doing is actually creating bad like something i like to say is that atheists are 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 the stepbrother of christians like I, I rarely have met a really die-hard atheist person who has no background in Christianity. Like True. normally, what happens is they were in a church, somebody did something really bad or abused them or hurt them, and then now they're atheists because that's a better way, better, healthier way for them to live than to live with the fake gospel. You know, like right. it's, it's almost not so much. It's almost like denying a false god because they don't know who the real one is because they were taught the false one. You know? It's like rejecting Molech. But you don't know to seek the Lord, you're just rejecting Molech. Right. You know, which which for those of you who don't know, Molech is a this demon bull god that people used to sacrifice their children to in the Jews and pagan nations sacrifice their children to this god in fire. And um, would put him on the hands, and they would burn to death. Very, very gruesome, hor horrific thing that occurred. Uh, Jesus references it when he says the word Gehenna, and the Valley of Hinnom is where that actually happened at, which is which is where we get the. That's where people made up the word hell from, which is not really that. It's a different thing he's referencing. So, right. yeah. So, so how, how did, did you get, get to your threshold? Like, like, what was that, that threshold, threshold for you to see that, that it wasn't what you thought, thought it was? was. Well, well, um, really, really what it was is, okay, so I had become this pastor at this church. And what happened with me is, uh, um, so I've always been like diehard. I've always been gung-ho, which uh, Kendra can attest to. And like, you know, I've been doing this since I was like a, like, uh, middle school you know like I've been on it a while and um, so my pursuit was always ministry it's always being preacher evangelist winning souls to God that kind of mindset and missionary especially a missionary because I've gone to multiple countries and preach the gospel preach that fake gospel kind of and um, you know like but, but eventually what happened is uh, there was these two churches that were merging and I was part of one of the churches. And in case you don't know, mergers never work ever. Like leaders are too pride, proud, proud and prideful for mergers to ever work. Like, which, which is a big red flag already about the leadership and the way we do things now. And, um, so this merger happened and, um, there was a prophecy that came forward, which that's a subject for another day. But this specific prophecy or this specific prophetic thing from one of these people they brought in was very specific. And I normally would have doubted it, but I didn't even have social media at that time. And it was really specific. Like I was I had my bags packed because I was planning on moving to Oklahoma in my house. I had my bags packed at boxes and this guy in the prophetic thing literally said don't leave it's going to be a mistake don't leave you know and it was i was kept to kind of on the down low right and, and this guy said that and so i was like well this this is this is legit you know what i mean like i had never heard somebody be as specific as he was and i mean i remember Brittany told me my wife um uh she told me like she said in her head like oh well, somebody told him this right and he was about mm -hmm. to talk to somebody else, like the way he ministers is he talks to different people. And he came back and grabbed the microphone and said, nobody told me to say that except for Jesus. And then gave the microphone back when she thought that. 
you know so it was legit it was a very spiritual powerful thing that happened there and but as i eventually got promoted into becoming a college pastor and that was great i loved doing the college pastor thing i loved hanging out with everybody i loved creating this environment but man it was like when it came to dealing with the actual church stuff something was always off you know what i'm saying like it was like something wasn't right all the time when you, when say, you say church, church the, the, break, break that, that down, down for us. like so so basically basically most churches nowadays use their budget to create bigger bigger buildings that's what they use most of their budget for they do don't get me wrong they do good they help communities sometimes but in their pursuit to become bigger and better and have lots of members and their idea of success what starts happening is they start making compromises in order to like like basically the end justifies the means but they don't realize there is no end. You know what I'm saying? So they start mm -hmm. making these compromises. And these compromises are not little compromises. I'm talking like you, you they let a person who's a known sexual offender be an elder on their leadership because he has money. And they need the money to build the building because they're going to get more souls. You see what I'm saying? That's where the compromise starts happening. Or, or they use businesses, business owners in the community are supposedly helping them. But really what's happening is the business owners are helping them in order to avoid paying taxes. And, and in turn, it gives them an influence in the church that's not motivated by godly things. It's motivated by profit. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And the thing is, you can you can be as... And again, I'm not trying to rag on these guys because there's people who... They're trying to do the right thing. It's just they start making compromises. They start messing with their integrity. They start not doing what's Christ-like. And then before you know it, you get like this Frankenstein monster of, of, of Christ, basically. And it's beyond your control. And now bad things are happening left and right. And, and then no matter what bad thing it is, they don't stop and go, huh, maybe we shouldn't do things this way. They just go, oh, right, right. well, you know, we're going to get new members. It doesn't matter if these other members' souls and spirits are completely ruined. It doesn't matter. We'll just build on top of them and keep moving forward. You know? And it's like, mm -hmm. when somebody leaves your church because they're hurt or they're wounded or they've been damaged because of the things you do, you just don't see them. They don't tell you to your face. They don't tell you what's going on. They're just not there anymore. Right? What True. Happens, yeah. yeah. What happens to them though, is you don't see them go home and cry and be traumatized by the by the stupid things you do. And even if you did, you would you would blame them, not yourself, because that's where the narcissism takes over. That's where the pride takes over. You see what I'm saying? It's like right, right. this such a such a ample amount of ignorance that's there, and, and that it's like they're going to hurt a lot of people and but they're okay with that and i and i'm not i mean i'm not saying that you won't hurt people's feelings i'm not saying you won't shock people i'm not saying you may throw people off but to get to the point where it's like i don't even care that this is happening because it's just part of my business you need to ask yourself are you building a an american business based on business ethics or are you building the body of christ because those are two very different things and these, for sure they, and these pastors they don't see that man like and it's bad because they're trained to be like that you know um yeah, yeah so, so the and, and just because me yeah that's that's how they start acting and i mean i can tell you because see i i went from being this pastor dude that 
that had this people around me and this team and I did everything the best I could and I've really felt like when I was done that in my spirit God was like you did God was like you did what you were supposed to do now it's time to leave like right, right. like there was this it sounds weird but there was this grace that left me which which grace basically means unmerited favor if you want to get into bible translation words that's what that means but there but but the specific grace is more like unmerited favor to accomplish something so like like basically the way that happened with me was is when i would talk before it would it the spirit would like the spirit of god was behind me and the things i said really moved people it like touched their hearts and and go oh, god would use that to like move things around and help heal people and help do things right 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 then whenever the time the season was over that time was over it was strange because i would talk to people and it was like i didn't even say anything it just, it just didn't, didn't, didn't have, have that same effect. no it didn't and then i was asking god like what's up you know what i mean like but he but he very clearly showed me that he removed the grace or that power from me in order to be able to get me away from that it was weird like i had never had grace I never had grace taken away from me as a sign to leave or taken away from me in general. And it was kind of scary at first, honestly, because okay, I imagine. Yeah. Cause all people pray for is more, 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 this, more, this enhance, enlarge my territory and do this. And it's like, dude, sometimes like you don't need that all the time. Sometimes mm -hmm. what you need is you just need something taken away from you to help you, you know? And that I remember specifically, that's kind of what happened. And then I was like, I, I saw the mer actually after a while the merger fell apart the two past the head pastors butted heads one of the pastors was talking mess behind the other pastors back publicly to all the congregation members so he wouldn't lose so he wouldn't lose uh, tithers and givers because the, the building loan was so much money that he had I mean millions of dollars you know and at first I looked up to that dude like for a while there and then I saw that like then I just saw like the the human side of like he's scrambling you know <laughs> and then the other pastor that broke away from it was like said he made a mistake said he did this said he did that but it's like dude if you're leading an entire church of people right i mean i, I appreciated the heck out of the fact that he apologized and said he was sorry and said he made a mistake in it and even he even said it wasn't safe there you know and but it was like you have a responsibility to 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 not let your guard down you know what i'm saying and and which right, right. which that's something the whole other subject because i understand if you're a pastor listening to what i'm saying it's hard being a pastor there's way too many unrealistic demands on those people i mean and and it's way harder than people realize because it's like 24 hour availability you got to be more moral than everybody else you can't do this you can't do that in public it's 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 crazy the expectations right, right. and so i'm not i'm not dissing on them i'm just saying you the means is the end how you do it is is how it is what matters and you can't just be like I'm not going to, or I'm going to compromise here. I'm going to compromise here. I'm going to say bad things behind this person's back. I'm going to say bad things behind this person's back because I need members to give me money to do this, to not lose people, you know, like I was even privy to learning some conversations about people who were approached and given the whole ties and offerings message because they knew how much money they had. You know what I'm saying? Because they were millionaires. Wow. Yes. You see, so now it's starting to show its face. Like, this is not Christ. This is business. Mm -hmm. And and the congregation members don't know the difference. They just go nope, to church nope. Sunday. They go to, they're like, oh, it's so great. It's so, and it's like, but dude, I'm telling you, like, these people, they're dangerous. Like, it's hard to tell the difference between a good leader and somebody who's pretending to be a good leader to take advantage of people. Okay, okay, so, so how, how far, far into, into the merger, merger when, when you was like, like okay, okay, there's, there's something, something, this, this is really not enough. enough. Well, it, really what happened is even when it first happened, 
the reason I stuck around in the city I was in, the reason I stuck around is because I wanted to see if it worked. I wanted to see if people could put aside their pride, if they could put aside their their way of doing things, their traditions, in order to come together to do something to do something for Christ in, in their community, in the world, if that was possible, you know, because I, I knew the statistics. I knew that most, like, I think it's like 80 or 90% of the mergers do not work ever. Anytime that happens, one of the churches swallows the other church or they break apart, which is what happened in particular this one. And so I stuck around through the whole thing, man. It was about a year, maybe a year and some that before they stopped it, mm -hmm. you know? And I was just like, this is bad. This is pride. This is showmanship. This is sales pitch. This is what that is. This is how this functions. And so it's like, I don't, I didn't care about any of it. I mean, I, I, I was barely, I don't like church politics. I don't like politics at all. You know, I mean, I have strong opinions about politics, but I don't talk about them because it's like, do they bring good or not? You know, maybe mm -hmm, with, a certain, with a certain crowd, with your tight, close friends, you can talk about it and it's fine. But I, I just, it was ugly. And a lot of people that I knew that were around me didn't know what was going on. And then over time, hey, Adasa, <laughs> over, over time, um, over time, what ended up happening is uh, it, it ended up becoming this thing where now the bad things are impossible to hide. So, so did the merger bring that out? Yeah, I think it, it absolutely brought it out. It brought out the worst in people because it would be like, say they set up something, like they set up, hey, um, you do this or you do that, right? Like for this church member, right? And special exam exemptions for this person. Then somebody from the other church that was merging would go, okay, I want to do that too. And they go, no, you can't do that. So the favoritism started showing its face. Okay. And that and that played out even in the highest levels of the church, like favor, like extreme favoritism, like this pastor can't preach because this other pastor doesn't want to get intimidated by this pastor. You see what I'm saying? Because he's a much better preacher yeah, yeah. than the other one, or much better orator, you know. And it turned into this. It was just, dude, it's like freaking high school. It's like middle school is what it turned into. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's awful. And I was just like this is bad and it's like so i started asking questions like like i went on a like a hiatus or a, a sabbatical for like two years two and a half years to try and understand this and i would pray all the time about this i would ask god about this i would study about this you know and it was just like the answers i came away with went down to the very core of what it means to be a christian and what the gospel is and and like the Bible says that you have to be careful how you build because you can't lay any other foundation other than Christ. You can put jewels, precious stones, hay, whatever. But when the day of testing comes, when the fire comes, it's going to be burned up. And see, people take that and they go, oh, see, in the latter days, blah, blah, blah. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about right, right. now. It's talking about when the trial shows up, when the real pain comes. You know, any pastor who's worth his salt knows exactly what I'm saying if they're listening to what I'm saying. They know exactly what I mean. Or any devout Christian knows exactly what I mean. Whenever the crap hits the fan, then your beliefs get put on the put on the stove. They get put in the oven. <laughs> it's like, do you really believe God can heal your child? Do you really believe that if you give money, you're going to get money whenever you have bills to pay and your tithe is going to take away from your bills? Like, I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe that at all anymore because that's, it's not. We, we, we need to cover that later on. Yeah, we got to cover that because that's a big subject too. But I, I can make right, a right. very, very strong case that that's not true anymore. And so, um, so I started looking at the theology and stuff and I was like, oh man, this, this is all messed up. Like if you start looking at our, the Christian, like, cause there's 2000 years of history plus that people, that evangelicals, Westerners, they don't even pay attention to that. They don't know it. 
like all these prophecies in the Bible, all these things that happen in the Bible and revelation, all this, it's like, dude, 99% of that's done already. And, and the beast, like, for example, the beast is, uh, that everybody talks about in revelation and all that stuff. Like they don't even know that revelations like allegory, meaning that they're saying something to paint a picture, right? To describe something. It's like saying like us, like us saying, um, it's a, it's cold as heck today. Mm -hmm. It's like, do we really, is heck really hot? No. Is it really that cold? No. It means it's cold outside. It's pretty cold. Outside. Right. That's what that means. But whenever you have Westerners grab a hold of old documents and don't, or don't know how to read them, they think the right to bear arms means you can have arms on your body. That's how they read the Bible. Right. And it's like, that's not what it is. That's not how it's supposed to be read. And it's a very, again, very powerful, spiritually important book. But it has to be interpreted and read properly. If not, it's dangerous. And and there's a lot of ministers running around right now who make it dangerous. And, they, and they're functioning. So, so what... what so, so what, what was it that, that made you realize that, that the interpretation of the Bible, that, that either you were, that you you were listening or believing, believing, when did you realize it was, it was deeper than, than what you knew? knew? Well, well, I feel like, like, okay, so like me, the way I approach it is, I really truly believe that all the fullness of God, the riches of God are hidden in Christ. I believe that for sure. And I feel meaning, meaning that the wisdom of God, the full good life, the, the richest a human can be, the fullest a human can be, the happiest, joyful, all of that, it's in Christ. Like it's there. That's 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 it. Like the gospel is Jesus. That's the good news. It's him. You see what I'm saying? It's all there. And so as I began to grow more, I started noticing that people were hating on me because I was growing more. Because I had outgrown where they were at. And they're old ministers. They're old people that have done this a long time for this amount of time this way. And then as I started following the love of God, there was tons of things that started to not add up. Like, right. like, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, in the Old Testament, there's a scripture that I believe is in Isaiah. And basically what it says is that the Lord did evil that day. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that obviously is incorrect. The guy who wrote that, that was incorrect. The guy who understood that was incorrect. Right? Then you scoot over here to the New Testament and then you see that these people are saying in the New Testament, Paul's saying, Jesus is saying that the stuff that you guys get to see now and get to know now was hidden from them back in the day. But now it's clearly being seen in Christ. And even now you're still seeing it through a, through dimly through a veil almost like a dark glass. But it's becoming brighter all the time. Christ is being revealed all the time. It's being vi becoming visible. You're learning all these things through the Spirit, right? These guys in the Old Testament, when they wrote this stuff, they wrote to the best of their ability. But throughout the years, this stuff was influenced by all kinds of other things. Like, perfect example, just, just from basic Bible translation stuff. So I'll, I'll, and I'll stop on this because this subject is enormous. But King James, who we get the King James Bible from, did not translate the Bible in order for it to be accurate. He translated it because there was a war going on between Protestants and Catholics. And he didn't want that wreaking havoc on his country. So he goes, we're going to translate the Bible. And if you don't believe what this says, we're going to kill you. Mm -hmm. and made it to where all these religions had to get on the same page so that the country didn't get torn apart. Right? And the guy himself was not a good guy. He didn't even listen to half the stuff that was in there. He didn't care about none of that. 
But, right, right. but nowadays we have ministers who go, oh, the King James is the only way. King James this. And don't get me wrong. King James is written really beautifully. It's very poetic. But that should not be your study Bible. That should not be the authoritative thing of your life. You need If you read King James, great. That's fine. I, I, like I said, I love the way it sounds. It's so poetic and old English. It sounds cool. I like it. But you can't take it literally. Like you got to be careful how it's how it's read, and it needs to be read alongside other translations, and like literal translations. Because if not, you'll get this picture of like really weird, crazy stuff, and it's not actually what's even being said. It's a picture being painted about something, you know. So, I mean, there's, there's, like I said, there's tons and tons of things to go with that. But basically the bottom line for that was as I continued growing spiritually, I started to see that the churches did things and they did things with the gospel that were not true. They were, they were, they were done from a place of ignorance or tradition. And it's like, and if you studied and if you followed Christ and if you studied your Bible and if you spent the time doing that, you can see it. You can see how messed up it is. And it's like, that told me that they weren't operating based on the spirit, based on growing. They were operating based on tradition. And those traditions were wrong. So, so you, you think, think that, that has to do with it? That, that somebody, somebody gifted, gifted they, they have charisma. charisma. They're, they're a good, good speaker. speaker. And they're, and they're like, like, oh, you're, oh, you're supposed, supposed to be a pastor. pastor. And they, 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 they don't push, push that. that. Maybe, maybe you need to know what you're talking about. Maybe, maybe you need to really, really get, get into, into this before you start, start leading people, people in the, in the word. word. Yes, exactly. Like, And again, like me and you, we, we both have theology degrees technically you know what i mean we went to theology mm -hmm. school because we were just like we want to know more about this we want to know about god but even in our little bit of our, our our spell or whatever in theology school there's still tons to uncover that was just like the starting point yeah yep. but you have people out there who have been ministering for years and years and years with a lot of people listening to them that are just talking nonsense like complete nonsense and they haven't stopped long enough because they're too busy they're too american whatever you want to call it like like here's something this is big and i feel like if you're again if you're a minister or a pastor listening to me please listen to this part because it's going to sound it's going to be really important for you and and i want to point out that i understand your struggle with time already i understand your your need to stay busy, your need to, to be profitable. I understand that. I understand you got to try to fund the church somehow. Believe me, I I've, I've been there. I know this stuff, okay? But you really got to ask yourself, what questions am I not being allowed to ask? What questions aren't getting answers? What things am I seeing that I'm not getting adequate answers to? That I'm not getting adequate, uh, adequate scriptures for. I'm not getting adequate res resolution about, because I can tell you, there are some questions. If you're a growing minister, if you're trending, if you're doing whatever, you can't ask certain questions. You're a slave. You think <laughs> you're free, but you're a slave. You can't grow with God, and you can't lead people with God because you're leading in shackles. But you don't know it. You you move to the front of the shackle line. And you're not really free. You think you're free. But if you ask the wrong question, if you say the wrong thing, if you preach the wrong message, your career's over. That's how you make your bread and butter. And I just want to say to you, that person, you need to stop and ask yourself, are you really doing this? Is this really about Christ or is this about you? Is this really about Christ or is this about money? Is this mm -hmm. about fame? Because I think mm -hmm. it is. I think it's about He's money. To yeah. I think I think it's about money and I think it's about fame. But you've but you've traded those you've used so many Christian terms and so many Christian this or that 
that you've deceived yourself into thinking that you're doing mm -hmm. God's will and really all you're doing is serving your own fame and your own money. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I just think about the disciples, the real apostles of the, of the Bible. It's like these dudes were busted. These dudes were, uh, they were wounded. They were beat up. They were despised all over the earth. They were considered the scum of the earth. But they were full of joy, full of love, full of thanksgiving because Christ was in them thriving, a real thriving, loving relationship between them and their creator. And they like I think about whenever the disciples were one example in Acts where they were beat up, told not to preach the name of Jesus. Beat, I mean, hurt, physically hurt for the gospel. And they went away rejoicing that they were counted worthy to receive stripes for the master that they were counted worthy to receive that for christ they right, were right. like they were like badges of honor and us today we would go oh no i rebuke you satan i rebuke you i'll, I'll change how i preach i need to be nicer i need to be this and, and don't get me wrong you got to be tactful with that you know i don't i don't get on here anymore and be really like mean and cussy to people because i want them to hear what i'm saying you know but, but the fact is, is like the future of American Christianity is in their hands. And it's like, that's why I'm doing my show. That's why I'm doing my, what I can, because hopefully somebody will listen to me. Hopefully they'll hear what I'm saying and it'll turn their heart and they'll remember the thing that they first did, that it was about love. It was about goodness. It was about grace. It wasn't about yeah, yeah. what can I do? How big of a building can I build? How many people can I get in my youth group? It wasn't about that. I think, I think, I think it, it all, all well, well, for me, me speaking, speaking personally, personally, it started off genuine. Yeah. It started, started off with, with good intention. intention. Trying, trying to do what I felt, I felt God called me to do. Then I, then I get around other, other older Christians, Christians and they're, and they're like, like you need, you need to do this, this and you, you need, need to do, do it like, like that. that. And subconsciously, that, that took root in my heart. And I was able to, I was able to be a narcissist. Like, like and not even realize. I was, I was doing, doing things for God, God not, not for God, God but, but for, for me. me. Not, not even realizing. Realize yeah. You know, you know and, and it's, it's kind of the American, American gospel, gospel like, like presented, presented that way. Yeah. Yes. It's, and that's the thing that I'm I'm trying to encourage people to to leave. We need to. The gospel is good. Christ is good. The Bible says that when the Lord adds to you, He doesn't add sorrow with it. How much sorrow have we added with this gospel, this fake gospel? How much have we added with our narcissism? How much has been added with our pride? And we're like, oh, we're Christians. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing that. It's like, no, we're not. We're literally tearing down the things God himself is building. We keep tearing them down. And it says, you, it says in the scriptures too, it says, you can nullify the power of God with the traditions of men. That's what Jesus, yes. Jesus literally said that you can steal that away. And I, and I feel like people now in this world, now in just the society in general, they've rejected it so hard at this point, all that fake gospel and stuff. And they've gone in the other ditch. They've gone completely the other way. And they thought that, you know, being as, um, cruel and as, and as, uh, per, perverted as they can be was going to help and it's not it's in they're ending up empty too you know what i'm saying like can you imagine can you imagine somebody approving of what you do that's bad that's harming you like you get approval from somebody that matters to you and this thing is killing you like what if you're like i don't know what if you're like a porn star or something and you're like oh look at all this love all this money i'm getting you know all this approval I'm getting mm -hmm. and this thing, and it's killing you. 
It's literally killing you. It's killing any chance you have of a serious relationship. It's killing any chance you have of like going back to normal. It's killed all of that. And it's like, uh, there was this lady, I think her name's um, Shelly Lubden. She had this ministry, I think called the Pink Cross yep, yep. or something like that. Where she, and she had this video that I thought was so sobering. You know, it was like, I'm just, she just played a video and each clip was like maybe two seconds, two seconds, one second long, right? Two seconds long, maybe. And it was of all the porn stars who had killed themselves. Like, and it was a 30 minute long video. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. This, this world, man, this is like, that's, that's evil. We can't approve of that. That's just because you're making money, just because you have wealth, just because you have fame doesn't mean that you're living the good life. It doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're going somewhere good. It doesn't mean any of that. It's, and, but see, pastors think because they're in the Christian world, the Christian environment, they use the Bible that it won't get them. And I'm telling you, Listen to me, pastors. I feel like this is the thing God really wants me to hit on. You are not immune to that. Your ministry can kill you. The demands of the ministry can kill you. Your lust for fame and pleasure and being number one at any cost will kill you. And it will hurt other people because the, you will stomp out other people on the way to that. And you go, oh, well, God's blessing me. God's blessing me. And it's like, that's, that's so selfish. And that's what I think I saw. And I was like, this is, this is evil. This is holy evil. It's clothed in the, in a, as the, as they say that Lucifer dresses up as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I, I saw. And, and just some of the effects of that place after I left, after I came back, because I kind of kept my ear on the ground because I was like, what what uh what happened to this place right it's like i went and visited one time they had like half the people there um here recently there was a story of one of the children's ministers um getting arrested um because they ran away from the police and they were a child molester working in the children's ministry but did they tell the parents no of course not that's not good for business Another person who was one of the really important people on the staff, one of the really important guys, was in the news the other day because he tried to molest some 17-year-old or 18-year-old. And then he already had a criminal record, but he was still a, a main leader, right? And then his own family turned against him. His own son said that he was a pervert that needed to go to jail. Yeah. yeah. How does that happen? It happens because... We quit, we quit listening. We quit paying attention. We started making compromise. We started making compromises. And then before you know it, here you are digging a grave. You and the devil digging a grave for somebody. And you're like, well, this is just part of ministry. This is just part of the price that has to be paid. Mm -hmm. It's all worth it for souls, brother, which is nonsense. You don't need us. You can't save anybody. Jesus saves, saved everyone. That's what right, the right. gospel is, is it's good. And there's even redemption for those people who've done really bad, you know, but this, that that's really what got me. And I was just like, dang, like, this is not good. This is not right. This is not what it should be. This is not how we should be building it. We should, uh, like, uh, Ravi Zacharias, we had talked about before, you know, the story's public now. It's like... Dude was a freaking super pervert, you know? It's like, fine, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you want to get freaky with your wife's permission or whatever, I don't care, you know? Have a thriving sex life. I don't care. But to try to be like, oh, woman, the power of God has moved upon me so that way I can sleep with you. You know what I mean? That's right. that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is. That's how cults start. Like, like so many of these churches are just well-functioning cults, you know? And so I'm just like, yeah, man. I mean, I, there's there's so much more to talk about there, but that's how I got there, right? Right. You know, and I and after I came up out of this deconstruction phase and stuff, which there's a lot of bad people in the deconstruction phase too, like that are just straight up mean or they embrace a certain political leaning just because they're in deconstruction mode now. 
So, so explain deconstruction. Deconstruction is basically taking an, exa an examination of your life or your beliefs and like pulling them apart, opening them up, looking at them, seeing what's good, what's not, which is a good phase. It's a good thing to go through. But the danger in, in that side or the good thing is, is that you can come away with some really good, healthy, solid beliefs and good, healthy, solid behaviors and habits. Right. The bad side of it is, is if people stay there, that's like the teenage angsty phase. Of Christianity, and there's some people that are stuck there where all they do is deconstruct and it's like dude you can't just deconstruct you have to build there's something that has to be built you're only deconstructing pulling apart pieces so you can build something in place of it something better right right and this that deconstruction phase is great for great for a while but if you stay there it's like all you're gonna do is become a negative everything churches do is bad and I'm not saying everything they do bad is bad what I'm saying is, is that greed, pride, lust, envy, all those things are still there and they have mm -hmm. to, they have to be kept in check. If they're not kept in check and they're not watched out for, they will take over again. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a minister. It doesn't matter who you think you are. It doesn't matter how many people you think you quote unquote saved, which you didn't save any of them. God did that. But like that you're not immune to that that's that's the danger i see about these younger people coming up you know right, right. Like, they'll learn how they learn how to preach they learn how to talk they learn how to look good they wear all the you know hillsong bethel look they learn how to do all this stuff and then they start preaching and people are like oh you're good at talking promote them you're good at this invite them here do this and it's like that's fine that's that's fine i'm not saying that's necessarily bad i'm just saying watch out you know, yep, what I'm yep. watch out because the thing you think you're winning is going to cost you your life. The thing you think you're doing is going to have a lot of sadness that comes with it. And it's going to crush you. You know, it's like, it's so sad. I mean, I, there's ministers who hide deaths in their family. There's ministers who... Uh, There's ministers who hide like their 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 sexual behavior. There's men like like gay ministers, like priests, you know? Yeah. Like the Catholic diocese or whatever literally has been hiding for years that tons of their priests are gay because they're trying to do this celibacy thing because Jesus was celibate and they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not allowed to have wives. They're not allowed and so they become they become these child molesting perverts. And and you read about it in the news and like, oh, well, you know, uh, Catholic Church covered it up and Catholic Church covered up this. And it's like, dude, but, but the end justifies, justifies the means. We got to keep the church going. We got to keep the organization. Mm -hmm. going. And it's like, no, no. Honestly, Honestly I, think I think that's, that's the healthiest thing, thing any, any Christian could do is, is to take breaks, breaks from, from the church. Or... Not, not be so, so consumed by the church, church that, that they, they can't think for themselves and they can't evaluate what's going on you know what i mean yeah you you have to because that culture that culture influences you to the point where you don't even realize how much it's still influencing you and it's not even the things everybody says it's the way the culture acts like you don't go to this Bible study, you must not care about the church. You don't volunteer here, you must not really care about the church or care about the pastor. And it's like, but we're all, but when you're doing that phase, you're like, I'm hoping I'm getting a job. I'm hoping I'll be promoted to a minister. You don't need them to minister. Do what I'm doing. Get yourself a podcast. Get yourself a YouTube channel, and you will reach way more people than you could ever reach in a pulpit by doing that. And you don't need anyone's sure. permission. Do what is in your heart to do for God. I'm. My warning would just be if you're going to move through the channels of the church that exist now, watch out. Watch out. Don't let your guard down. Stay smart. Stay, stay with your ears up because they will, they, I mean, what do you do when somebody does that holy handshake? They're like, Hey, we're just so happy about this and this and this message you brought. And it's like, here's $10,000. What do you do then? What, what are you, you talking, talking about? about?
What am I talking about? I'm talking about them holy handshakes. You ever heard of that? That's how. No, no. That's why these like like you'll have big ministers like, I don't know like, you know, um, people in Dallas that have two or three jets. Those guys. The reason the reason they preach and this is, I guess, one of those secrets people don't know in the public. The reason they preach like don't stop giving, always give, always do that is because they they get money from that. And they're saying that to the people that do do that give them those $10,000, $15,000 checks, the people who rain money down on them whenever they walk in a room because it's holy. People throw money all over the stage whenever they're preaching. You know, that's why they're saying that. And it's like mm -hmm. the way they the way they get money is not the way you get money. You go to a job, probably you go to work and you get a paycheck. Don't waste your paycheck on them. Like, if you want to give because you're at a church and you go there a lot and you like you believe in their mission, then please give. Please do that. I mean, if you believe in what I'm doing, please give because it does help. I'm just saying <laughs> those guys live for that. So they preach. I'm telling you, like, they preach messages about money just because they know when they do that, people are going to give more money. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. That is what they do. They will make up stuff, make the Bible say stuff about blessing you that is not there to make people give, get people hyped up. Like I heard this one minister is talking about blood moons. You ever heard that message? Yep. yep. That is, I'm sorry for anybody's listening and maybe you fell for that blood moon stuff. That's a bunch of bull honky. That's, that's, it's fake. That's not true. That's not what's being talked about. Any of those references to the blood moon, to all that stuff, they're not talking about the end of the world. You can study this. They are talking about a specific thing that happened at a specific time. And you got to remember when Jesus talked to people, he wasn't talking to people to just be confusing. He was talking to them so they could understand. And if they didn't understand because he used parables, he would count on the disciples to explain it. You see what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't just like, I'm just going to, let me just show up and just say a bunch of nonsense that nobody understands. You know, like that specific one where it's talking about whenever you see the desolation of abomination that is in the temple, don't go down, believe this. People have like, oh, yeah, that's the end of the world, the rapture. Right. That's what they say. And it's like, that is not what it's talking about. Like literally after Jesus dies in about 40 AD, 40, 70 AD, right around there in that time period, Titus destroyed the temple. He surrounded Jerusalem. Like, like if you read in the New Testament, you see these people called zealots, right? Those mm -hmm. zealot guys were people trying to fight the Roman government. And the Roman government, in case you didn't know, was, was one of the strongest military and foreign powers ever to know, be known in the history of the world. They, wow, don't wow. Play, they don't play. And they were like, they surrounded Jerusalem. They locked everybody in Jerusalem. So if you listen to what Jesus said and he said, flee. And you want to think, it's, I think the place they went was Pergamum is the place possibly the name. I don't remember the name. So don't the P they fle fled. Like he said, his disciples did that didn't touch them, but the people who stayed in Jerusalem, it got surrounded. It got enclosed. They cut off their food. They were eating each other. There was so much blood in the streets from all the bloodshed that would happen that the blood was becoming, um, uh, molded and rotten. They would eat their children. They would did all kinds of psychotic stuff like that in that. And, and the temple was destroyed. That's what Jesus was talking about. It, ha it happened within their lifetimes. That's why he said it. It's he said, whenever you see this, you need to get out of here. So that mm -hmm. way this doesn't touch you. And the ones who did, they left for a time, came back later. They were okay. The ones who didn't listen... It's like, woe to those who are suckling in those days. Woe to those who are pregnant in those days. Mm -hmm. That means like it's really bad for you. That's what he was talking about. See, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't saying stuff to just be saying stuff. He wasn't talking to you 20th century Americans. Right. He was talking to Jews in the first century. That's who he was talking to. Can you pull lessons? Yeah. Can you pull <laughs> things out of it? Yeah. But don't say you need to give me money because of blood moons. That's That's completely wrong completely wrong so anyway like, like, it is and i'm telling you dude they do it 
pastors will preach messages because it works. People get motivated when they hear about money. When you say, pull that slot machine of God and you're going to get 777 and it's the year of the blah, blah, blah. And you give me $30, send it this thing. You're going to get this money. And y'all know which ministers I'm talking about that do that stuff. That's fake, fake, fake. If you want to get more money, invest. If you want to get more money, buy something, sell it for more money. Use economics. Learn economics before you try to do that stuff. Okay? Right. Is there, is there principles of sowing and reaping? Yes. But that's a whole other subject we can talk about. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, thanks for listening to me rant, <laughs> kid. No, no you good. I just went off about it. I was I was scared to do it by myself. I feel dumb talking to myself, but. No, no man. You, you, you need, need to, to say, say that. that. Yeah. You need, need to get, you need to get, get that out there. there. You lay some, some groundwork, foundation. Yeah. For, for some, some other talks, talks that's going to Yeah, we and we got to hit that because that stuff is like. Yeah. yeah. People are still, so, so, still, still tripping. So, so speaking, speaking of, of narcissists, I it. I experienced it. Yeah. Last, last summer, summer with, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think his, his name was Aubrey something. something. Yeah, those, yeah, I know. Okay, okay so, so I'm, I'm the only black, black in my, in my church. church. Oh, okay. Right? right? And there's, and there's not too many of us blacks in this town. And I, I had people who never, never had, had a black, black friend in their life. life. I was, I was the, the only black person they knew. Trying, trying to, to tell me how I should feel. And how I should be upset. And how they were bad people. And, and they deserve death. death. Oh no, Christians. Oh. And it was, it was just, just it was just ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, like, well, Martin Luther King, King did this, or Martin Luther King did that. And I was, and I was like, Martin Luther King was investigated by, by the FBI, FBI. And, he and he tried to destroy, destroy his, his character. character. Yeah. Did you did know that? So I was like. They, they were, were so thinking that, that they were right. right. They, were they were telling, telling me I was, I was wrong. wrong. Wow. For my experiences and what, and what I actually went through and, and all my racist experiences that I had. had. And then they, and, and they, they wanted to argue with me saying, saying I shouldn't do the way I should. And I was and like, you don't know anything about me. And I had... One guy, One guy, he basically, basically wanted, wanted me to apologize, apologize for being black. black. He's like, he's like you, you said some pretty strong things on, on Facebook. Facebook. I was like, like did, did I say something, something that offended you? you? Yeah. And he was like, he just, he just kept, kept drilling me with questions. He invited me over for dinner to ambush me with questions. And at the end, I asked him, oh, oh, I, 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 had, I basically said, I'm, I'm not against rioting and, and burning, burning down people's, people's houses and buildings, buildings. But, but I do feel upset and, and bothered and emotionally, emotionally frustrated because, because this is going, going on, on for a lot. And, and he's, he's like, like, oh, okay. Well, I, well, I didn't know. know. I, didn't, I didn't. And I was, and I was just like, wow. Like, like, you, you think, think I'm... I'm Trying, trying to, to kill cops and burn, burn down buildings, buildings and stuff. And he, and he, would, and, and he, he and, and other people wanted, wanted me to explain for all the black people. They, they wanted, wanted me to answer for why people, people are rioting, rioting and stuff. And, and I was like, like they're, they're upset. upset. And, and I, I don't live in that town. town. Yeah. And, and that, that might, might be the first... Murder that's, that's just been, been wide, wide, wide widespread. Spread. It might have been happening for decades, decades under, under the radar. radar. Yeah, and they were hiding it. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah. I can, I can assume, assume that, that but, but I can't answer for every black person in America. And they, and they was just baffled that, that I couldn't do that. That you wouldn't take authority over every single black person's voice in the entire entirety of the United States, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I never, never had somebody, so, so many Christians, Christians try to tell, tell me how I should feel about something yeah. that, that they've never experienced. 
Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, was, I was. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been really to church, church since, since then. then. Not not because, because of that, though, but I've been busy. But, but there's been people, people I've tried, tried to avoid. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's hard, yeah. man, and and I mean, I guess we could you know we could even take it to sort of what we talked about on the first episode, which is that self awareness. You know, mm-hmm. trying to be your authentic self or be self aware. But man, it's it's just not being self aware. I don't feel like is something that comes natural if you're busy. It only happens in those like still spaces where you start asking yourself questions. Otherwise you won't ask yourself, you know, like, or, or you go into experiences where it's like, you see this stuff happen on TV or have been here and you finally ask yourself the question, though they need to ask themselves those questions. But you know, but if you're so prideful and you're so busy, you don't even think what's the other person going through, you know, <laughs> you're a minister. What, what's the congregation guys going through? What is this? What is me doing this to this person doing to the church? What is this person doing to this? You know what I'm saying? And it's, and of course, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's big, you know, it's a big problem. And I mean, there's, there's so much we can say about that. I mean, we could, we could yeah, go yeah. off about it, but I mean, I, I feel you, I feel the same way, you know, like my, oh, yeah. I, 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 I could, could say, say at least about, about 10, 10 people, people in my, in my church. church. Had, had very, very strong opinions about, about me feeling a certain, certain way. way. Yeah, it's like, dude. That, that are, are not, not my color, color not, not from Texas, Texas yeah. not, not from, from the part of Texas, Texas we're from. from. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like, like the only black person they ever interacted with. See, that's just, that's wild, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a perfect example. Racism is a perfect example of pride and narcissism taking over. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it, it, was, was, it was very, very eye-opening to see people that claim they, they love Jesus Christ. Christ. And regardless if they, they were wrong or they were right or they had drugs in their system, whatever the accusation would be, I don't, I don't think it justifies somebody to be murdered in no. that way. way. Yeah, and and even if you don't take George Floyd's case or the, like, you can take. There's way more cases than those ones. Way more. Yeah. That yes. have been perp- Like, I mean, you could go to Tulsa, like the the green. Uh, Greenwood. Greenwood yeah. Black, Black Wall, Wall Street. Street. 